In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Peter Tonstad, a CEO of PlaceWise. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bobby. Very happy to be here. Absolutely. As we were catching up kind of uh, at the beginning of the show, it's uh, you're in Norway. So thank you again for taking taking the time out. Uh, it's late late where you are. And I appreciate you taking some time out for our listeners to, to get some expertise from your world. Thanks. Absolutely. So, you know, before we get started, if you don't mind giving a quick brief intro of yourself and then maybe even talking to us about how you got started with PlaceWise. So personally, I've been working with digital transformation the last 25 years. It's been across different industries. Uh, initially, it was within finance, 10 years in media, a few years as an advisor, and then five years in music industry, Title, the streaming music service. Uh, I was CEO there for a few years that was exited to JC and now later to Jack Dorsey and Square. And then the last coming up now six years, it's been all about retail as a CEO for, for PlaceWise Group. PlaceWise was, uh, is now a combination of three companies initially founded 20 years ago, one in APAC, one in US, one in Europe. Uh, and we all came together during 2019 to offer the global shopping center industry or retail real estate industry a complete end-to-end global platform relating to all digital aspects of running retail real estate, which would be in the perspective of CRM marketing, operations, and now uh, it's all about shopping centers becoming digital marketplaces on top of what they've been doing in the past. So what's a typical, walk us through like a typical client of yours. So a typical client would be a regional or super mall uh, that has a certain given market position. It's typically owned by a group that maybe has a certain portfolio of, uh, of retail real estate. They will be looking for expanding their digital reach. We will help them on all the tactics around digital. We will help them with our full stack tech platform to enable them to actually initiate a digital program towards shoppers. I mean, historically or typically, the digital programs exist between the retailers, the tenants, directly to consumers. And then we help our shopper center clients to play a role directly towards the consumers as well to accumulate the biggest possible digital footprint. And we like to measure that in sense of how many consumers does the shopper center have in their consumer database. And what kind of reach does that database have up against their physical footfall? Typically, our clients will have 30 to actually all the way up against 70% of all the physical shoppers at their destination in their database. And this then becomes a very efficient and engaged database to the benefit of the tenants at that specific location. And then we supplement this by helping them operate the, the daily needs between being a landlord versus the tenants as a part of the whole stack. 
And what, uh, as, as, as you're talking about, you know, coming together and in, in kind of the three entities coming together in 2019, what is, uh, you know, some of what you realized during, you know, that was kind of, uh, I think, uh, you know, right before kind of our, our, our COVID days, if you will, what have you kind of realized as a part of, you know, kind of COVID coming into play in the world? And now hopefully we're getting out of that. But as far as, uh, you know, market dynamics go, consumer behavior goes, anything that you have to do differently with your business? Well, I mean, for us, it's always been about digital. So the experience through the pandemic has been this, the digital is, is more important than ever before. It was always important for an industry in transition. But when our clients face restrictions on openings and in some markets, even closures for long periods of time, the only fallback to actually stay in business would obviously be the digital. So overall, the strategic importance of actually having a digital offering as a shopping center to the benefit of the tenants to actually serve consumers. I mean, day and night, uh, pandemics or not, that is part of the equation and that part will not go away. I mean, post pandemic, the digital transformation of shopping centers will just accelerate. Yeah. And it's interesting. We've talked to a bunch of actually recent, recent clients that have been like e-com clients, really e-commerce, uh, clients and, and really, uh, part of what you hear. The headlines, of course, malls are dead. This is happening. Strip centers are dead, all this stuff. But actually, I, I actually think it's a reinvention of them. And I think it's we're going to thrive more than we ever have, because as we talk to even some e-com brands that have never had store locations, they're realizing they actually have to put retail locations in play now for distribution purposes of making sure they connect with their customers and are in local areas and can create showrooms and that experience really at the end of the day. Have you kind of experienced the same with your clients or is it what is your perspective? Overall, there were very different market dynamics across the globe when it comes to, let's say, the evolution of shopping centers. APAC is still uh, building a lot of new development. Uh, Eastern Europe as well. Europe in general, quite stable. US, yes, everyone's saying there's an overrepresentation in total of shopping centers, including all the categories down to the strip malls. But end of day, if you look at the the bigger medium to big size shopping centers, there's a list saying there are 1,400 of them in the US. A handful of them, of them have closed over the last couple of years. But in total, uh, the net change isn't really dramatic as of now. There's a lot of ownership change for sure, which has an impact on the industry. But overall, the dynamics are, yes, it's a lot about repositioning, refurbishing, evolving into mixed use. It's all the service, it's all the F&B, it's all the entertainment. Uh, and I think those strategies those developments have been very successful for the industry. But now the next step is all about becoming true digital offerings alongside the physical location. And that's something we obviously feel very strongly about from, from our perspective. Makes sense. Makes sense. Peter, as you, as you think about things, how do malls and kind of larger centers attract customers that have been, you know, in the, in the coming days, really increasingly feel comfortable actually shopping online? How do they attract them back? How do, how, do, how do they bring them back into those locations? Right. So first of all, I was looking at the uh, numbers uh, on US as uh, what was the e-commerce share of total retail spending in US. And globally last year, it was 14%. US last year were, uh, was around per- 16%. So it c- increased actually 33% uh, in Q2 last year, given the pandemic. And then it's dropped slightly again, uh, down to 14% now this year. But obviously the remaining part is then still physical retail. So yes, footfall is challenged by e-commerce and it's also cha- challenged by 
let's say, overrepresentation in general of physical retail, you might say, uh, particularly for the US. So it's a battle every day to obviously, yes, attract consumers in your local catchment area. I think the key is malls serve as community offerings. They are, to a large extent, becoming more lifestyle oriented. They are catering for all the daily needs, including the, the medical, the dentists, in addition to the more experienced stuff like uh, winding, dining, movies and all the rest. So from a traditional mall perspective, saying this is a one roof with a hundred stores is evolving much more into the experience lifestyle part. And that in itself, I think is resonating very well with the consumers. But having said that, e-commerce will grow dramatically over the next few years. There's no doubt about it. The predictions about sort of when will retail be 50% physical, 50% e-commerce is still quite ahead of us. If you look at the projections, I mean, there are projections saying it's a 20 years or 30 years timeline until we reach that level. I mean, that could easily change quite rapidly. China is already at 50-50. So if you own or manage a shopping center today, I don't think there's an option to say, E-commerce is competition. I want to fight it as much as I can. They have to embrace it. They have to make sure they actually become part of the e-commerce economy. And the way we see uh, that happening is that uh, there should be a vision on all shopping center locations saying all products across all our tenants should be available in a unified offering online, where the consumers can then shop across multiple tenants do a single basket checkout with multi-retailer products in the basket and then choose to either have home delivery or pick up at the physical store. And you will typically meet shopping center owners saying, why should I, as a physical location, offer home delivery? And the answer is typically, if you don't do it, someone else will, and they are today, and their share of the market would just grow. So tap into the full scope of opportunity, serve the consumers, up against the needs they actually have and all the consumer evolution trends on, on how they actually execute shopping. Makes sense. And what are some of you, I mean, you gave us kind of one idea of, of how to create that kind of digital experience from a mall standpoint, creating a consolidated, you know, kind of shopping, online shopping, you know, uh, hub, if you will, and then consolidating shipping and all that good stuff. What Are there other ideas that you have uh, of kind of bridging that gap between, again, uh, that mall environment or off online and offline? The starting point should be for any physical location to have a unified data layer where all kind of consumer-facing activities are, are anchored. And you want to go from a, a situation where all your visitors are anonymous visits. Typically, if you run a retail brand or a store, you're, you're trying to get as many identified customers as possible beyond the regular POS data. And that's obviously the reason why why retail runs, loyalty programs, and all the rest. You want that initial handshake. And the same logic would apply and should apply to shopping centers. Uh, and typically on day one in the industry today, all the consumer relationships and insights sit at tenant side, the shopping center. Their data set is limited to counting how many people go in and out the doors, potentially how many people use their Wi-Fi. Uh, those kind of things, but they're still typically anonymous visits. So by offering a digital program with a very clear value proposition to the shopper saying, dear shopper, please engage in a direct relationship with the shopping center as a starting point, opt into our digital program. In return, we'll give you 
exclusive benefits and offers that come from the retailers at the location. And in return from the consumer side, they, they will have to share their data. And that's the database that I talked about uh, as part of the introduction, the database that typically sees now 30 to 70% reach in the footfall. And that then becomes a driver for everything else. If you then have an event at the shopping center, make sure there's a handshake. Uh, people have to register to participate. It all becomes incremental data to the database and the profiles. And over time, this database is then driving more and more traffic to the individual stores for redeeming offers and obviously buying more. So this is a footfall generating digital activity with the purpose of increasing and driving incremental sales at tenant site. And in the part of doing that, the shopping center is then actually establishing and gaining a digital position that they can leverage in all other activities uh, from the physical location. And what is, from a mall standpoint or mall operator standpoint, what are some ways that they can measure if they're being successful in you know, engaging shoppers? First of all, if you if you have a digital database, you will obviously look at the digital engagement uh, as a starting point alongside the, the typical footfall stats that they relate to. End of day, it has to be driving sales. They have to see positive impacts on the, on the retailer sales numbers. But from a digital perspective, engagement in all kinds of activities, helping to build the position and the brand of the shopping center, looking at the actual responsiveness on the exclusive offers and benefits, all those things added together will give you a very good insights if your digital program is scaling or not, is it is it engaging or not, and to what extent is it actually driving sales to your tenants. What about uh, kind of smaller strip centers? Because we get this question quite often. There's operators, you know, that have maybe 10 to, 10 to 12 stores, you know, approximately, right, in the strip center. And, you know, they're usually kind of outdoor centers, if you will. How do you do that? Is it the same advice, Peter, or, is, or, or how do they actually create that, you know, footfall, if you will? Well, I mean, in total, we now work for a thousand and fifty something malls or shopping centers globally. The smallest one would be a strip center in the U.S., which actually has four tenants. For them, it will be a lot about their web presence and their search engine presence and their social media presence. So, they wanted to create or generate cost-efficient marketing from that location. So, if you have four tenants, you wouldn't do the sort of full-scale database approach typically, but you would start with your consumer-facing channels and have a good representation to to influence as much as you can in your local catchment area. In the other end of the scale, where you have the Super malls, it's obviously a, it's a different game and different budgets. And that's where you get the sort of full scale offering in, in place typically. Makes sense. And as you're working kind of with your, your malls and tenants and, and clients and all that good stuff, what are some of the things that you do to, to create, to coach them and or help them create more of that enjoyable and really kind of increasing traffic and sales type focus areas for, for, for your customers? We have a service layer alongside our tech stack. Uh, so there's been a lot of uh, creativity and engagement created on, on retail concepts, actual marketing material, marketing programs to be distributed in, in all digital channels. We see that typically across our customer base, uh, some of our clients will have dedicated digital teams or they will be working with third-party agencies that come into the mix, whereas other clients would necessarily have the same access to resources uh, within digital. So then they would engage us to actually do the planning and execution on their behalf. 
And in those cases, we would be generating content for them. We will be sourcing offers and benefits from retailers. We will be actively generating or, or posting content in social and, and so on. So there's an option for our clients to do things in-house or, or outsource it to, to place-wise. And both models work fine for us. It's, it's more at the discretion of our, or our clients. And as you're working with clients, what are some of the things that they say to you as far as why they place-wise and why they continue to want, want, want to work with uh, your, your, your company? First of all, we would be one of very few industry specialists from a retail real estate perspective. I mean, there are many companies in the world that help retail in general with digital, but there are very few companies who specialized in, in shopping centers, malls. And we regard that to be very different than working directly with retailers, which we have done in the past and still do in, in some parts of the world. It's more complex technically to serve a shopping center because uh, in the retail direct relationship, you would typically connect to the point of sales, have access to all transaction data as a foundation to do digital programs. That connection doesn't exist in the shop center environment. So you need to do a lot of workarounds to, to get uh, close to that kind of starting point. So we typically then become a, a trusted advisor and, and a company with long industry knowledge. And, and obviously we have a very big footprint when it comes to number of clients today uh, with a thousand plus shopping centers. And, and that typically then gives us the trust we need to, to sign the next clients. You know, one of the things that we, we talk about a lot, of course, is that, is that experience, whether it's in the location, right? Uh, or it's kind of outside the location to pull people in. What are some things that you've seen uh, that you that you personally like, right? As far as both pulling you into a store location, but also when you're in there, how does that merchant kind of get your attention? I think there are two main categories for for let's say getting the attention initially. One would be more on a sort of basic level: are you competitive pricing wise and in terms of product selection? And the other category, and that would be more sort of the the need to buy stuff in the more Nice to buy category would be more about the, the branding, uh, the values of the brand and the whole retail experience. And we see obviously a lot of good examples of brands who put a lot of effort into the actual service and in-store experience. The, the, the question would be how integrated is that experience with their online offering? And everybody's been talking about omnichannel for many, many years. Uh, I think that's been overall a quite slow moving train. Uh, there's been a lot of creative ideas, but if you narrow it down to what's the actual added value to the consumer, uh, it will be a few basic things. I think the most interesting stuff that's been going on the last few years from an individual retail perspective would probably be the concepts like Amazon Go, where you actually get then the, the frictionless uh, in-store experience. You can choose to engage with service or support, or you can just go in and out and not relate to anybody, just uh, have a very efficient <laughs> uh, shopping experience. So that's that's been great. Um, but from there onwards, yes, it's about actually leveraging your, your consumer reach and either then in the physical location or in digital. And in both senses, it's obviously extremely tough competition for, for everyone. So for attracting consumers in this day and age, if you're a uh, brand that, that makes an effort, I would say it's all about now being really truthful to the, let's call it still the omnichannel offering, making sure those two assets actually play together and not, not just relate to presenting products online, 
buy, decide to pick up or, or get home delivery. It has to be more integral offering and then a very important business driver to now get this right would be the extremely high share of returns that everyone experiences in e-commerce. I mean, particularly fashion retail experiences up to 50% return rates on all their transactions. That obviously doesn't scale in, in any kind of direction. So the physical location as a service layer to relate to returns in a nice way and a, and a nice consumer experience perspective, I think is extremely important for the scalability of also e-commerce moving forward. And yes, seeing now the pure play e-commerce relating more and more to physical, again, like Amazon is, is continuously opening more stores uh, physically as one example, and, and many pure play boutique style e-commerce brands are, are now benefiting greatly from either having short-term leases or longer-term leases at, at physical location. Uh, it seems like there's, there's more and more data supporting that the winning formula right now is the combination of both, not one or the other. Yeah, makes sense. I think the focus definitely needs to be on both. And, and I, I've seen some some retailers do a really good job of embracing both. And actually, you know, it, it's interesting. They can increase in-store sales even um, by creating that little that little experience where you're, you're getting that digital experience. You're getting enough of that information and you're in a place where then you can make a buying decision quickly in the store location. So I think using digital, whether it's, you know, you're at home kind of ordering with the brand or using digital in your location to be able to influence that sale at that time, both need to be used kind of adequately and appropriately to be able to connect to your customer. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. What is, uh, Peter, what's some technology that you think is going to be really important here in the next few years for retailers to really embrace? If I concentrate on the perspective of uh, shopping centers, it's definitely going to be digital marketplace. I mean, that's uh, next stage of the whole evolution of a big global industry. I mean, 150,000 locations globally, independent of size and, and nature, need to at some stage uh, also become digital platforms. Because otherwise, as we talked about earlier, their sales will just decline as the share of e-commerce spending grows. So that has to be part of it. And that is very much uh, a technology game. It's not in the shop center environment. Uh, you need more than the storefront and the cart and the payment integration. It's the whole connection up against in-house fulfillment, the whole process of purchasing products from multiple retailers into one single basket, one single pickup or one single delivery. And the biggest challenge in that game is connecting to retailers for product feeds and inventory feeds. And that has been a huge hurdle for, for let's say, many years. Uh, Google Shopping, when they initially launched, I believe it was back in 2002, very optimistically, uh, hoping to get a lot of retail content. It didn't really happen. So it was more kept in the dark for a long while. And now it's it's resurfaced and has been a very positive contributor to, to actually getting retailers motivated to open up their product and inventory feeds. And obviously, it's also driven by e-commerce platforms in general becoming very open platforms. So PlaceWise now benefits from the whole industry evolving on making product feeds available and increasing the quality of their inventory data. And that's a prerequisite for actually running a digital marketplace from a shopping center perspective. If you don't know what's in the store, it means you have to relate to an external third-party warehouse. And that's counterproductive from a 
from a shopping center location perspective. Um, so bringing all of this together is a pretty extensive tech project. And from there onwards, it's about gaining access to retailer feeds and inventory data. And from there onwards, it will scale very nicely. I mean, once we cover a few hundred retailers in the US, obviously replicating the setup at the next location is a, is a very different matter. And that also makes it very attractive and efficient from the retailer's perspective to come on board as well. Makes sense. Makes sense. Peter, this is a wealth of information. Before I let you go, what's what's kind of the future of malls and shopping centers? Again, uh, with the with the risk of repeating myself, it is the combination of being a physical and a digital location. It's still going to be more of the evolution when it comes to experience services and, and mixed use uh, setups. But end of day, the way I see it for, for actually growing in terms of sales, actually delivering more value to their typical tenants. It has to be also serving tenants in the digital channels as they do in the physical locations. Shopping centers have always been marketplaces in the physical world. Now they need to become marketplaces in the digital world as, as well. And the same purpose applies. They, they need to funnel shoppers to their tenants, but they need to do it both in the physical location and in the digital world. Makes sense, Peter. Thank you again uh, for the wealth of information. Is there Anything else that you want to share with our, our listeners that I forgot to ask you? Overall, uh, I think we covered a lot. Uh, I'm super happy to to follow this industry now. The next few years, there's a there's a lot of movement, and and yes, COVID has accelerated uh, a lot of trends. Um, but the underlying underlying strategic direction is is clear. Shopping centers are becoming digital marketplaces. Yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, Peter, what are some fun things you're in Norway? And what are some fun things to do as, as travel starts to open up again? Well, first of all, I can share that we're very happy we've had seven days running with sunshine. That doesn't happen a lot here. So <laughs> if you're looking for sunshine, go somewhere else. But <laughs> it's become a very vibrant uh, place to be. Uh, there's a lot of new interesting developments, architecture, museums uh, in combination with wining and dining. So now we were opening Oslo from uh, the COVID restrictions actually only a week ago. So obviously there's been a huge turmoil for, for that industry, but uh, it's all opening up and it's going to be exciting to see how it will look over the next few months. It's going to be busy. Makes sense, Peter. Thank you again for spending some time with us and uh, appreciate you taking, uh, again, it's late over there. So appreciate you taking some time with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in the show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.